0: He is Matt. He is Matt Silbernagel, and he's an attorney at law practicing up in Tallahassee. Do you know my friend James Bruner? He's an attorney up there.
1: I don't actually. I'm actually out of Orlando, although I, I've had clients up in Tallahassee before. So the main, oh. uh, main office is here in Orlando. Okay. That being said, I've, I've done stuff up there in Tallahassee. Oh,
0: because so. I think it's because you're, the booking agency that books you is in Tallahassee. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. There's a lot of things to discuss. What do you specialize in as an attorney?
1: Sure. So I uh, kind of twofold complex commercial litigation. So that's a lot of uh, business on business type lawsuits. And then eminent domain, which is anytime the government comes and takes your pro- property for public use, I represent you as a private property owner. Um, so that kind of touches both those areas, kind of touch on a bunch of different are, things. Are, are there wish- any,
0: any protections for me? Let's say I I know there was a, a Chinese restaurant that was favored among among the people here. It was really good. And they did the eminent domain thing. Mm-hmm. I don't I think they paid them, you know, a couple million bucks or whatever it was. And then some guy came along. They didn't end up tearing down the building. They didn't need to. And he went and bought it from the government locally mm. for, for $100,000. Wow. Remember, the state or the local government paid well over a million dollars for it. He gets it for 100000 And what's he doing now? It's for sale. Now, yeah. somebody had to have an illegal in to do that.
1: Sure. So generally that's, that's, that's not very common these days. It used to be much more common when I say used to, I mean, well, before my time, Yeah. Uh, you can imagine that uh, if you've heard the term, the pejorative term, good old boys club. Yeah. Uh, pejorative. Sometimes that's how a lot of local stuff worked. So since I've been practicing, there are fairly stringent safeguards put in place. The biggest being that if the government takes your property via in the domain, they pay you out. And then they later turn around and say, actually, you know what? For whatever reason, we're not going to need your property. Uh, You basically get notified and there is an opportunity for you to purchase it back. And then there's public auctions. Uh, They're not supposed to just let, you know, their buddy, Bob, who's got some contracting business, you know, who is owed a few political favors, be able to buy it for pennies on the dollar. I'm not saying that doesn't still happen, but there's much more safe, many more safeguards in place than there used to be. So that's interesting because I haven't heard of that happening. Honestly, I I, I really only read about it. So that's unfortunate and and, and quasi-interesting that that's happened. Yeah,
0: you know, know, the thing about it is somebody should pursue it. But I'm busy making a living doing my Mm -hmm. radio show. I have to make a living, sell airtime and advertising the next guy's busy working on the back of a dump truck, and then he has another uh, two other jobs that he has. People mm-hmm. r- feeding, trying to feed their families. Who has the time in government? They're busy on this and that, and that, and so who has the time to go after this and really investigate it? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, so every it's amazing. It's just like with what happened with COVID. I mean, I mm-hmm. was told by a local CPA. He won't tell me the names, but there are dentists and doctors and lawyers in this town. That got millions of dollars Mm -hmm. after COVID, and it was not properly done, found out they could go to jail, and at the very least, oh, millions of dollars, but they will never be found out. I mean, even uh, on NBC News one night, they said, well, most people won't be caught who did this stuff. They are surreptitiously going after some of them to put the fear of God in some, but Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Millions. Yeah.
1: No, I I know I know one one instance comes to mind where similar situation applied for some money that he didn't really need, but uh, he did some things to uh, not related to the COVID uh, stimulus package to catch the eye of some government officials, and one thing led to another, and he had, uh, ended up serving some jail time and paying it back, and it was a unfortunate situation brought about by his own misdoings. Don't get me wrong, but no. yeah. So. Yeah, he didn't keep his head down. I guess. It's, well, that's the like thing, you know.
0: Happens, I've, so. I've, uh, first of all, the Bible says ill-gotten gain grows wings and takes flight. And I have lived seventy years. I just turned seventy. To know that's true, I don't know what it is about ill-gotten gain. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a subconscious thing. If you're a good person inside, you It's like you have no respect for it. You throw it away flippantly. I, I ran into a guy in the cartel last year. He was in the cartel. He had five girlfriends and a wife. He goes into the ocean of Miami. He's miserable. And for some reason, Mm -hmm. he tells—he's talking to this couple from Canada, and um, he says he's miserable. Well, they invite him back up to their hotel room, and they tell him about the Lord Jesus and reading from the Bible. And he he converts and and becomes a born-again Christian. He Ah. he leaves the cartel. Now they're making a movie. He has a book out. I interviewed him at Barnes & Noble, and they're putting out a book— I mean a movie on the book. And uh, I said, I always wanted to ask you guys in the cartel this. I said, I watch these movies, and you know you're making five million, you got ten million. Why not stop now? You haven't been caught. Put the money, mm-hmm. take your girlfriend or your wife, hopefully in his case, go mm-hmm. somewhere and live out your life. You can live like a king on five million or ten million bucks invested the rest of your life. Yeah. He, he said, I said, I he said, because you want more mm-hmm. remember rockefeller said how much is enough they asked him he said just a little bit more than what you have mm-hmm. more the danger of more so anyway um there's a lot i want to discuss with you i have a friend of mine she's um a uh insurance a personal what do you call it a pu-
1: pu- pu- private adjuster. a private adjuster
0: yeah and i didn't know about this till they came during the hurricane in, in 2004 was it and they spent they yeah. spent a lot of money advertising with me. I said, "What's a public adjuster?" I didn't know that insurance companies do not have your best interests at heart. They're never going to give you fully what you own. Now I understand. Everybody's mad at DeSantis that he's put the public adjusters out of business. Can you explain this whole thing and what do you think about this?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple different angles to it. You know, uh, what we're really talking about is kind of a slew of recent legislation. That has been aimed at uh, an attempt to kind of curtail some of the open-ended regulation around uh, basically what is suits against the insurance company, and one of the biggest drivers of insurance costs consistently throughout Florida history, and I presume throughout every other state in the union, has been uh, lawsuits against insurance companies. Now, you kind of have two boats of lawsuits against insurance company. You have one which I say are merited. You know, you have a policy, you have a legitimate, you know, damage or harm, you suffer legitimate damage or harm, and you you, you bring suit because the insurance company won't do what they're supposed to do. And those, uh, those types of lawsuits have not been cut back on. The type of legislation that's been passed is not at all targeted for those. Uh, then you have your other uh, bucket of lawsuits, which is... Uh, folks are just looking for a quick payday, both the people who file those, but then more often than not, it's your expert witnesses and your uh, plaintiff's bar attorneys who are looking to cash in on you know a lawsuit, a frivolous lawsuit against an insurance company. I tell you personally, in law school, one of the companies, I, uh, one of the firms I interned for was an insurance defense firm. And uh, more often than not, the way those cases were handled was uh, you know, you'd have a standard slip and fall. Uh, the the premise, you know, whether it be a, a grocery store or a hotel or something like that, would turn it over to the insurance company. Insurance company would hand it over to us. And the first thing the insurance company would ask is saying, all right, they've asked for X number of dollars in damages. How much would it cost you guys to actually defend this through trial? We'd give them a number and they'd go, okay, see if they'll settle for half of what they asked for because it's cheaper just to pay them rather than investigate the claim and see if this is actually merited. So. What's been passed recently is really an attempt to crack down on those sorts of lawsuits.
0: That's tort. That's called tort reform, right? Right, you got it. And why did what why the word tort? What does that mean? I actually don't know. I should. I know. You know who? You know who might hold on. We have our paralegal with us. Yeah. Now, Noah, what is the word tort, and why is that used?
1: So yeah, so I'll tell you this. I I, I don't know the uh, etymology of the word, but I do know what it is, and that's basically like I heard Noah chime in. It is something that you. It's either a f- failure to act when you had a duty to act, or it's you know taking a wrong action. So, for instance, with your negligence, which is you know probably the most common sort of tort, is that you had a duty of care to provide to someone, and you failed to provide that care, and as a result, someone was damaged or someone was injured, that would be probably your most common type of tort you hear about, is a negligence tort.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Like, I've been the mayor of the airwaves for 29 years here in Vero Beach. Mm -hmm. Uh, For about over, well over 20 of those, I've been the the official mayor of the airwaves. It was just something I said initially. And then, of course, I paid an attorney. I think it was about $3,000. To secure the name Mayor of the Airwaves, Red Palmer, and also uh, our little man in the mic leaning against it. Okay. So there's a, there's a joker around here that says he's running for the mayor of the airwaves. It's kind of usurping or, you know, and if I were to yeah. contest him publicly, then it would give him the uh, the public relations that maybe this individual wants. Do I have a case against this guy for affecting my livelihood?
1: Uh, now, possibly the answer is possibly. Now I don't practice uh trademark and patent law. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's typically a group of attorneys, probably like the attorney you pay, who does specialize in it. And it gets a little, it gets, it's the devils in the details, as they say, yeah. uh, but based solely off of what you just told me, I'd say that quite possibly, uh, particularly if he's profiting off of it, there's a lot of protections around parody. Uh, you know, for some reason he can show that, Hey, I'm just, you know, parodying this, you know, I- I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of the different tv shows out there that oftentimes make fun of real companies like disney or uh you know different things like that they can get away with that using certain trademarks because they're parodying it so i would have to know more details about what this gentleman is doing with it but possibly
0: kind of like the guy uh did you know if you do a parody on a famous song and uh, like, who's the who's the Jewish guy uh, that does Weird all- Al? Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, Weird Al Yankovic. So. Like uh, or like I always used to take the song by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You don't have to live like a refugee. You don't have to live like a refugee. And I thought I'd do a video of fat people going. You don't have to live like a recipe. No, you don't have to live like a recipe. You don't. Not the meatballs. Not the subway sandwich. You know, whatever. Anyway. So, but I was told that if I did that, even though that's a hit song. I would receive all the royalties which subjugates the original creator of the melody and words and gives them nothing. I don't think that's just. Okay, yeah, no Noah, yeah. Noah is shaking his head now. If you're okay, you're missing a key part, you have to point at the original. What do you mean? If you have a melody married to words, which is called prosody, you own that. If you have two measures of that, Uh, you need to say it's a parody and tell the people what the original, well, Al Yankovic doesn't do that.
1: Well, the the interesting thing about Al Yankovic
0: is because he became
1: so well known for doing that, that at a certain point, uh, the people who actually wrote the original songs that he's parodying. In many cases, actively was were hoping that he would make a parody of it because they knew it would get more attention to their song.
0: Right. You know,
1: especially, you know, as a kid, for instance, you know, one of the uh, more famous ones he did was "Living in an Amish Paradise." Well, <laughs> as a kid, I heard that before, I, and so as I got older, I go, "What song is he making fun of?" I didn't know he was making fun of a song. Come to find out, come to find out, that is Coolio's song, "Gangsters Paradise." which, you know, I don't personally relate to, but I found the actual song because of the parody. Yeah. So it got to a certain point where people were going, no, no, no I hope Weird Al does a parody because it's going to bring attention to my song. So that's kind of one of those devils in the details. You got to figure out, sometimes it's actually good business to have someone make fun of your well, stuff. I tell
0: you what, there, it used to be, uh, than- there used to be a show in town called The Love Doctors. I don't know if they're still in business or not, but the original guys are all gone. But they were extremely popular uh, 25 years ago. And uh, somebody said, they're talking about you on the radio. And that was just a little AM with a small FM talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was complimented later on in life to find out one of the love docs actually listened to my show with frequency. But anyway, they were were making some fun of me. And that the first day, I was all huffy and puffy. What are they doing? Yeah. Well, I turned on the next day and said, gee, I hope they talk about me again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. They were Absolutely. complimenting me by talking about me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You no, know? I mean what's what's the old adage, you know, all publicity's good publicity. Sometimes just, that's true, you know?
0: Just spell my name right. Yeah. It's like if <laughs> you Matt. And it's uh, it's called silver Noggle, right? So if mm-hmm, you work if you worked with Donald Trump for a while and you're in the headlines of the paper, even if he fires you, you've become famous. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want yeah. that guy. I like that handsome guy, that Matt. I want him handling my yeah. case. Bingo. What? Cha-ching, yeah. cha ching, right? That's all those. That's I mean, that's the whole
1: point. You know, I don't I don't watch them, but my my wife will from time to time watch some of these reality shows that you hear about. And come to find out, a lot of these people get on having no hope or expectation of ever winning, whatever the contest might be. They just know that if they get on there and they can make a big stink and everyone talks about them for a little while, they can blow up on Instagram and all sorts of different social media. And now all of a sudden you look, they have multi-million dollar endorsement deals for just talking about products on their social media because they gained all these followers. So it's 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 the business side of that is is quite interesting actually.
0: Yeah. What do you think about that red-haired guy with the red beard, the young guy? who turns out to be a nice human being, he wrote that song, A Rich Man Above Richmond." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four 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 hundred million. F- what's that? No.
1: What's his oh, Well, his stage name is Oliver Anthony. It's after his grandfather. But, yeah, no, very interesting gentleman.
0: Four hundred million views.
1: Yeah, I bet it's more than that at this point. I haven't checked it in a while. I know it is up over a hundred million within the first week of it coming out. Uh, essentially, within the first week. Noah, so. can
0: you find out Oliver and Anthony? Oliver or Oliver Anthony? Which is it? What am I finding out? Matt, is it Oliver uh, Anthony? I believe it's Oliver Anthony. I Oliver Anthony. He sang a song, a rough song, him and his guitar, on the uh, up near his tractor. On what am I finding out? how 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 many viewers? How many people have viewed? His, uh his uh video of that song
1: the original I, I would call it the original video is actually on a channel called uh uh West Virginia radio it wasn't posted to his own channel so that's the original is the West Virginia radio YouTube channel
0: and he and his friend he said that he was hopeful to get 300 views would he would have been tickled <laughs> it went mm-hmm. it went, went viral 400 sure. million within the first month can you find that out no okay noah's putting some 105 yeah, it's more than that he was already up to $400 million the last time I looked, and that was two months ago. Yeah. Check that out. But uh, anyway, so I want to go back while Noah's looking for that. I want to go back to this, uh, not the tort reform, but uh, my friend, she's a public adjuster, and she yeah. says DeSantis put her out of business. Is that valid? I mean, because we don't want to lose our public adjusters. They're our sure. advocates. Yeah,
1: they certainly can be. And, you know, there's good actors and bad actors. What she's probably referring to, you know, I don't know I don't know with any confidence which particular uh, piece of legislation she's talking about. But my guess would be that in 2019, uh, late 2019, there was some legislation passed that uh, limited uh, limited and in many cases eliminated the use of assignment uh, for the benefit forms. Uh, And very simply, what that was is that you would have folks come along, uh, most often in the roofing industry, quite, quite frankly, where you'd have a a roofer, you know, contractor. I use the term contractor in air quotes. Sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. Come along, knock on your door, oftentimes unsolicited, and say, hey, it looks like you might need a new roof. That roof may only be five years old. But what they'll say is, I think I picked up, you know, I, I can see some hail damage. I can see all sorts of different types of damages. Um, let me work with your insurance company. Uh, and if your insurance company is, doesn't agree essentially right away to replace your roof, I know a good attorney who will go ahead and sue and we'll get you a new roof. And all you need to do is you assign over the benefits to me so I can go ahead and push that forward for you. And so what you have happen is people who oftentimes really didn't need new roofs uh, would sign over their benefits to these you know, roofing contractors. Or in some instances, it could be public adjusters, depending on the situation, and basically say, you chase this down for me. Now, at first, that sounds like, well, that's nice, especially if you're talking about elderly folks who you know, don't really have the capacity anymore to navigate the legal system. It's confusing, uh, sometimes purposely so. It's expensive. This is great. We'll just let them do it. The problem with that is that the person who's actually supposed to be receiving the benefit no longer is in the driver's seat. They have turned it over to someone whose only interest is financial. They're not worried about their own personal livelihood. And they're going to push this thing forward at any cost because it it doesn't cost them anything. They're just trying to get paid. What would happen is you turn it over to these uh, plaintiff's attorneys most often who would then turn around and then hire the same roofing contractor who unsolicited knocked on someone's door as the expert witness in that case, and then receive that expert witness after the case is over would receive hourly fees on top of the contract to do the new roof. And so it just turned into this big money pit. And one of the unintended consequences that came along with that is that that use of assignment for the benefit forms, you know, the, the, the limiting of that had an effect on some public adjusters depending on how they did business. So that's part of it. And there's also other pieces of legislation that limit the amount of time uh, that you have to sue your insurance company, and there's there's different things that went into it. So I would have to talk with your friend more to know exactly which piece of legislation she was referencing.
0: All right, now Matt, uh, are there any other subjects you wanted to broach today? Well, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm happy to chat about whatever, but at the end of the day, I think what most people right now are interested in is property insurance. You know, I know. Uh, yeah. Someone, I was talking with one of my neighbors the other day. Said so his went up by over $1400 which you know I know to some folks that's nothing but to an average person that's a good chunk of change to have that go up. Um and so I think a lot of people's concern is that hey we thought all this legislation was supposed to start lowering these
0: uh and you know my mine sponsor, went from mine went from $6500 to 10,000.
1: Wow, so you're yeah, even more than $1400. So yeah, you're you're in the same boat and anyhow. So what I would just tell folks that uh first of all there is no silver bullet Uh, That being said, uh, the market, you know, the government, thankfully, can't dictate market rates. I'm not a proponent of government saying, here's what you free market have to do. What you're seeing right now, though, is a bit of uncertainty from the insurance companies. And I'm by no means defending insurance companies. I don't think they're saints among men. I think they're a business like anything else. And they're in it to make money. Yeah. And right now, what they're looking at is, all right, we've seen some of this legislation that is going to uh, hopefully curtail these frivolous lawsuits, mm-hmm. hopefully going to bring down the cost of defending pointless you know, lawsuits. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if that's going to stick, because what you see going on right now is a lot of the plaintiff's attorneys are out there in force, uh, dangling campaign donations in front of uh, legislatures on both sides of the aisle, both Republican and Democrat, saying, hey, we don't like this. This cuts into our bottom bottom line. We want you to actively work to repeal this. So the insurance companies are going, well, we like the legislation that was passed. It makes sense. It's common sense. But we see what the plaintiff's bar is doing. They're very powerful. We don't know if this new legislation is going to stick. And so you haven't seen that 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 repeal of the rates yet. So what I encourage folks to do is read the bills yourself, make sure you agree that it's common sense, and then talk to you, your legislatures. Say, hey, look, stand strong. Don't let the billboard attorneys talk you into something. We know they've got a lot of money. We know that they're out here uh, you know, basically saying, if You want our campaign dollars, you got to do this, don't do this. We want our rates to come down. So that's what a lot of people seem to be interested in
0: right now. Now you're from Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Yes, how, sir. How I'm old? How old are you?
1: I am turning thirty-three in a few weeks.
0: Oh, you're a baby. <laughs>
1: I don't feel like a baby. I've got three actual babies of my own. So
0: Congratulations! There's... That's yeah, wonderful. Thank you, thank Merry you. Christmas. <laughs> Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah. So I've got, uh, I call them babies. My oldest is now eight, so she probably wouldn't be happy knowing that I'm calling her a baby oh. on the air race, but you know how that works.
0: So, oh, well, that's wonderful. Now, uh, you know, are you anywhere near Mount Dora? Is that, are you from that area? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, I'm I'm about I'm about 35 minutes just south of Mount Dora. Because Mount Dora
0: is absolutely lovely. It has hills, folks. It's a great little charming <clears throat> town with lots of little shops. Great, great. Draw, well, one drive day. What do you call it? A uh, a day drive. Day Take trip. You, yeah. From Vero Beach, is a couple hours. But you know, I went to school there when I was a New Yorker, and my oh, parents lovely. got a divorce. I was sent down to Florida Central Academy, which was in Sorrento.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Was that in the, uh oh, what is the name? Because there is a well-known mansion in that area, in the Sorrento area, that used to have an academy. It's now a wedding venue. I'm blanking on the name of the no, mansion.
0: You know why? It was a huge, grand old hotel that okay. became Florida Central Academy. And I went back to look at it, and guess what? Some kid came along and burned it to the ground.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate to hear. So no, it's not the one obviously I was thinking no. about. It's the one I'm thinking about. It's it's still standing, although not a school anymore. It was so. all
0: it was all male and we got merits and demerits, but uh Yeah. It was a fond memory. Matter of fact, when I uh, when I returned to upstate New York, uh all the black kids were coming up to me in Austin, New York saying, Are you uh, are you half and half? Are you a mulatto? I didn't even know what the word mulatto meant at that time because I'd gotten such a dark tan living in yeah. Florida. Because we were at the swimming pool every day. Yeah. And, and by the way, yeah. we didn't have we didn't have air conditioning back in. Uh, let's say, I was thirteen. I was born in fifty three, so sixty three, sixty four, sixty five, six six. So I, so nineteen sixty six, sixty seven. That's when I was down there uh, living. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
1: the, the first house uh, my mom still talks about the first house that she ever lived in as a child didn't have central AC. It just had a uh, big attic fans that you turn on and it would suck the heat out. So yeah, that's yeah, it's it it air conditioning's not all that uh not all that old here in Florida so
0: now you have three daughters you said I do yes sir that is wonderful so you're going to have a great holiday i mean i mean oh, it's yeah. all about no, being we're... around kids right oh absolutely no and we're going up to uh
1: see uh see some family my brother and his wife we're going to the family is all convening in Middleburg. If you know where Middleburg, Florida is, it's where they live. And they've got two kids of their own, so we're going to have five kids, all eight and under, running around, so it's going to be fun.
0: Well, and, you know, I'm a 70-year-old now. My advice to you, even though you're not giving it to me, which is arrogance because you don't unsolicited advice, enjoy it. Absolutely. Savor every moment. It's sacred. You will find out. That little eight-year-old you have, just remember, Mm -hmm. in 10 little short years, she's going to be 18. Oh, I know. Daddy, I, I don't want, I don't drop me off at school. I don't want the kids to see you dropping me off. Yeah. No, it,
1: I know. I, I, I remind my wife all the time. I said, just think, in a few more years, she's going to be embarrassed of us.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it won't be 18. No it'll be more like—it'll but... be like 14. Well, remember, remember Mark Twain said his father knew so little when he was 16, and he mm-hmm. was surprised when he returned home when he was 22 how much his father had learned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's accurate. That's accurate.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I'm glad what you do, Matt. Matt's uh, Silber Nagel. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I remember Sam Silber used to sell us ice cream when I was a little kid, five years of age in Poughkeepsie, New York. But anyway, uh, so Matt Silber Nagel, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your bride and your beautiful three daughters. And it's always a pleasure to have you on here. And anytime we can serve you, please let that happen. And uh, God bless you. I don't know what else to say, except I'll see you next year, Matt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas to you, Rhett. Merry Christmas to you, Noah, there in the booth. Appreciate you guys having me on.
0: All right. God bless you. You too. Okay, bye-bye.